This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Thank you, and welcome to the show. Let's get started with a great western that features a guy with a white hat, silver bullets, and a pal called Tonto. Yep, the Lone Ranger rides again. and a hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. United States. The stories of his strength and courage, his daring and resourcefulness have come down to us through the generations, and nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! There's trouble on the border! I'll Silver! Full southwestern moon rode high over the flat and wooded border country. Then slowly, as though reluctant to hide its face, the huge silver disk slipped behind a bank of heavy clouds. And in the soft and sudden darkness which followed, 
There was only one sound to break the quiet, the mournful hoot of a night owl. The sound seemed to fade away into the deep shadows of tangled mesquite and chaparral when suddenly it found an echo. An echo that was deeper and more strident, but unmistakably the hoot of another owl. Very few people would have found anything strange or unusual in the sound of night birds on the rangeland. And they might have been surprised at the concern it caused two horsemen who reined up sharply beside a clump of pinion trees. One of the men was astride a powerful white stallion. The upper half of his face was covered with a black mask. His companion was a grave-faced Indian dressed in buckskin and riding a paint. As they scanned the darkened landscape, the Lone Ranger spoke to Tonto. Did you hear that, Tonto? Ah, uh, me here. The hood of a night owl. Should be. Listen. Yes, there it is again. Uh, it isn't exactly musical. That not night bird. That man sound. I agree with you, Tonto. It's a poor imitation of an owl. Mm, plenty poor. It's a pretty good sign that rustlers are working here along the border. Owl hoots are their favorite signals. Rustlers work fast while moon behind cloud. We'll head for the river. They go over the border, they'll use the ford. Come on, Silver. Get them up, scout. As the Lone Ranger and Tonto rode to a high rise above the riverbank, returning moonlight flooded the entire scene. Below them stretched the broad yet shallow stream which marked the international border. And down its brushy slopes came a milling herd of longhorn cattle. Owl hooters, that's a heap big herd. Too big for the number of men who are driving it. Look, there are only two men on point. Two more on the heel and drag. Rustlers take plenty big chance. I can't understand it. Cattle thieves don't usually run that kind of risk. Want to ride quick, stampede herd? No way, Tonto. Those men, whoever they are, must know there are patrols on each side of the river. Yet they try to rustle a large herd under full moonlight and... Police, rallies. And we come from both sides. The Rangers, too. Uh, we help. No, Tato. I think the Mexican police and the Rangers can handle it better than we can. Uh, plenty good. Cattle stampede, rustler, by moose. They're on the run, all right. That's what I can't understand. Crook not fight. It's not that. The whole thing seems too easy. You think it bad? Why should only four men try to rustle a large herd in bright moonlight when they know a patrol is nearby? Maybe Crook forget. Why did they turn tail and run when the rally surprised them? Mm, he not know. Neither do I. The man who gave that first owl hoot we heard may have some information. Come on, sir. Get up, scout. What direction was the first call? It come from west. Here, this is close enough to these cottonwoods, both silver bullets. Scout, hold that hole. All right, Tato. See if we can flush one of those imitation owls. Give them one of their own calls. Ah. Maybe crook not. Close. Try it again. You'll have no trouble finding us. Don't say anything, Tonto. Let him talk first. I heard you screech. After the rally's hightailed, I figured you were... Yes, we thought you'd figure that way. What's that? Last man on an Indian. Who are you? Easy, Silver. That's exactly the question I was going to ask you. I'm not going to answer. Better keep that gun in leather. Safer. Huh. You've got the drop on me. Well, what do you want? What's your name? Max Snyder. Not that it's any of your business. I'm making it my business. You're plenty smart, aren't you? When you got me covered with a six-gun. What I want to know, Snyder, is why you and your owl hoot friends 
Staged that fake rustling stunt a few minutes ago. Why should I gab to you? For Adobe Dollar, I'd plug even with that gun in your hand. For Adobe Dollar, you'd shoot me. That's very interesting. Hello. Uh-huh. You happen to have a coin in your pocket? Uh-huh. Hunter got Adobe Dollar. Toss it up in the air, right above Mr. Snyder's head. Uh-huh. Snyder, I think you'll find that dollar somewhere at the bottom of the tree, right behind you. What are you trying to do? Go on, look for it. You'll plug that dobie right in the center. It's a dollar you asked for, Snyder. Do you still want to use your gun? No. I can't match that kind of shooting. But I can't do that. Shoot yourself, Snyder. No mask on. He's going to tell oh, me what Oh, yes, he is. Oh! Oh, that's very good. We leave Crook here, huh? No, Toto. We'll send him home, wherever that is. Here, help me throw him across the door, Snyder. Tie into the saddle. Why be helping? Steady there. Because his horse looks well fed. If we turn him loose, he'll head for his home corral. There. I'll tighten that saddle cinch. Ah. We'll follow him. All right, boy, head for home. Here, Silver. He's a big fella. He's heading south. That means the other side of the border. Uh-huh. Come on, Silver. Get him up. Come strange procession that wound through the cottonwood and chaparral. A Mustang with the unconscious Max Snyder strapped to the saddle led the way. The pony's hunger was guiding it instinctively to the feed that awaited it in a distant corral. The Lone Ranger followed on the great horse Silver. Tonto brought up the rear. The little cavalcade forded the broad river and climbed a bank that overlooked desolate sage and mesquite flats. Then it moved southward for several hours and finally reached the outskirts of a small village. Tonto. Ride up and grab Snyder's pony. Ah, get off, scout! Ho, ho, Silver, ho! Evidently, he's heading for one of those doby houses in the town up ahead. Ah, you know this village, Toto. It's Kalita. Maybe rustler here, huh? It's notorious as a hideout for American outlaws. Huh. What we do now? I'll go ahead on foot and see what I can find out. I'd better disguise myself. Ah, want to fix it, easy fellow. Hurry, there's no time to lose. The Lone Ranger removed his mask and his outer clothing. Then from a saddle pack, he donned a nondescript outfit of leather chaps and cotton shirt. Meanwhile, Tonto, through the use of certain wild berries and herbs, had changed the appearance of the mystery rider's face. The alteration was almost magical. Where the Lone Ranger had stood a few moments before, there was now just an ordinary cowboy. How do I look, Tonto? Plenty different. Now, what you do? There's a small canteen in town. There are any outlaws in this territory. That's where I'll find them. Uh, Hunter, wait here. Only for a few minutes. Give me time to get there, then turn the Mustang loose. Ah. Wait a little while longer, then bring the horses and close in. But uh, keep your eyes open for trouble. Ah. Hunter, watch out. All time. I know you will, Kimosabe. That's why I can take this chance. Thank you, but I'm looking for someone. Guinness. His name is Snyder, Max Snyder. Snyder? Is he here? Kinsale. It's very important. I've got to see him. Bien. Follow me. 
Ja, jo, opština. Dobre, Gusta, ne nas po sinju snajdu. Ja? Ja, hvala, opština. Gleda sinju. Hvala, stranger. Augustina tells me you're looking for Max Snyder. Yes, I am. Is he here? Well, not right now. You a friend of Max? We were together earlier this evening. I had an idea he'd meet me here. Well, it might be in for the night's over. It's hard to tell about Snyder. Yes, I know. But if you're a friend of Max, you're welcome to hang around and wait for him. Thanks. My name's Sam Peavy. I run this place. If you're going to wait for Mac, why don't you have a drink or dance with one of the girls? Thanks. Maybe I will. You're on your own. i got to leave you. I'm talking business with an hombre at that big table in the bank. I'll get along, all right. Uh, who was it, Sam? No, just a cowpuncher from the States. He's waiting for Max Snyder. Yeah, so am I. Wonder why that foreman ain't showed up. You'll be along. Now sit down and I'll finish telling you about what happened tonight. <laughs> you mean the Dumber Raleigh's didn't roll on it? The rustling was only a blind? Yeah. <laughs> they went for it hook, line, and sink so did the Texas Rangers. And what happened? Nothing. Boys just left the Longhorns in the middle of the river and hightailed it. Any shooting? Yeah, some. That made it look more real. Yeah, how about the guns? Did you get them across the border all right? <laughs> Slick as a whistle. Packed them over about a mile above where all the ruckus broke out. Good. Where are they now? Up at the old Diablo mine. We'll deliver them tomorrow and collect the cash. Butcher, I've got to hand it to you. You're a slick one. <laughs> Yeah, brains, that's all it takes, Sam. Brains. Didn't it tell you we could make plenty of money running guns in New Mexico? Me and the boys do the work, and you run this cantina for a hideout. It beats dodging the law up in the States. Oh, sure it does. We've already made enough to buy the Eldorado Ranch. When we get tired of running guns, we can well, we can go out there and retire. Sure. <laughs> Let's have another drink on that. Yeah. Well, Augustina. Si, senor. una bebita. Adela. Si, si. Hello, Butcher. Hey, wait. That hombre just got up and left. He was sitting right here behind us. What hombre? The one you were talking to at the bar. He said he was waiting for Max Snyder. I bet he was listening to every word we said. Are you loco, Butcher? Well, maybe I am. Knock me cold. Mask man, what are you talking about? Well, then how could you send a cowpuncher here to the cantina to meet you? I didn't send no puncher down here. What? Sam, that arm break, where is he? Boys. There he goes, out the back door. Stop that fireman! Somebody stop him! Get out of here! He's heading for the crowd. Come on. That white horse, that's the army that... Get him! After him! curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Now to continue our story. After the Lone Ranger made his daring escape from the cantina, the outlaws soon gave up the pursuit. Well, 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 steady, boy. 
That was him, Butcher. I know it was, even though he wasn't wearing a mask. Mask? Why should an outlaw like that try to hone in on us? I don't know, Sam. All I know is he packs a wallop like a mule, and he can shoot a dollar out of midair quicker than a jackrabbit can jump. What's that? I saw him do it. Here. Here's a dopey dollar with a bullet mashed in it. Let me see. Hey, wait. Let me see that. Why? Why that? What's the matter, Sam? This bullet. It was made out of silver. Ooh, what of it? That can only mean one thing. That hombre wasn't no cowpuncher. He was a lone ranger. A lone ranger? Yeah, we'd better get oh, out wait, of here. Wait, wait. Don't get all riled up. But suppose he did hear you and me talking in the cantina. You heard about the guns being at the Diablo mine. Yeah, Butcher, and you might blab to the Morales. Yeah, even if he does, it won't hurt us none. <laughs> I just thought of a plan that'll take care of everything. Yeah, what? Well, let's go back to the cantina and have a drink. <laughs> I'll tell you about it. Get up. Get up. Get up. Come on. <laughs> While Butcher was unfolding his plan to trap the masked man, the subject of his discussion was riding a back trail several miles to the south. Oh, Silver, oh, 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 oh. oh you saved my life, Tonto. You and Silver hadn't been waiting in the corral. I'd never have made it. Oh, Tonto glad came Kimasabi, silly fellow. <laughs> we have a lot to do, and time is short. Uh-huh. Tonto, got my clothes in the saddlebag. I remove the disguise from uh-huh. my face. Crooks, cattle rustlers. Worse than that, Tonto, they're gun runners. That's what they did tonight. Brought guns across the border. While the fake rustling held the Morales. You know where they put guns? An old abandoned mine called the Diablo. We go there now? No, first we ride back to the village. Butcher and his gang will leave there soon. There they are, Tonto. The whole gang is getting ready to leave. Ah. All right, you little boys, we ride down to ride a rancho. You sabi? Yes, 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 yes. All right, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. We'll keep them in sight, Tonto, but not too close. Uh, Come on, Silver. Get them up, Scout. Less than an hour later, the Lone Ranger and Tonto reined up their horses not far from the rambling El Dorado Ranch. Lights shone on the front part of the house where a dozen dismounted riders had been seen to enter. The masked man dismounted and, taking his lariat from his saddle, coiled it carefully. Now, remember what I told you, Tonto. My pistol shots will be your signal. Uh-huh. It'll be up to you to get the men away from the house. You'll lose them once you get on the trail. Uh-huh. Tonto, do it. I'm going over to that large window. Adios. Adios, Kimasabi. The masked man made no noise as he moved forward like a shadow toward the open window through which lamplight and raucous voices came. In a few moments, he reached his goal. The lone ranger unholstered one of his silver-mounted guns and aimed at a cluster of bottles on a large table in the center of the room. Somebody's closing in. After him! After him, you lobo! Butcher, the leader of the outlaws, came running onto the patio as his men disappeared in the trail of what they thought was an invader. The moment he stepped from the shelter of the house, there was a sudden swish of coiled leather through the air, and the outlaw found himself trussed for the Lone Ranger's lariat. Hey, what the... Why, Butcher, do exactly as I tell you. Like a masked man. I'll keep this lariat around your waist. I'll also keep you covered with a gun. What are you going to do? We're going to mount your horse, and then we'll ride. Ride? Where? To the Diablo mine. Come on, Butcher. over two hours before the Lone Ranger and his prisoner reached an abandoned silver mine known as El Diablo. They dismounted and entered a roughly built tool shed that hadn't been used for years. 
Now, Butcher, where are the guns? I don't know what you mean. Maybe you can understand the kind of language I spoke to Max Snyder. If you do, no, I'll... No, no, no. The guns are in packing boxes at the end of the shed. Just a minute. I'll verify that. Boxes are here, but... Yes, there are guns. Hundreds of them. Evidently, this is one time in your life when you told the truth. What are you going to do about it? Several things, Butcher. First, we'll walk back to the door. My Indian friend has escaped from your caballeros. Not a bit, Tano. I can see you lost the company you had. Oh, them not catch scout. The guns are here. Uh, what we do with Crook? We're going to take him back across the border. Oh, no. I no. think the Texas Rangers might have a few things to talk over with, Mr. Butcher. But first, I'm going to report this cache of guns to the Rurales and tell them where they can find the rest of the gang. You ride alone, Kimasabi? Yes, Tano. One of us has to stay here and take care of Mr. Butcher. Ah. Uh, here. Keep the lorry around him. I'll counter watch him. I'll be back as soon as I can find the Mexican police. Here, Silver. Easy, big fella. Keep your eye on him, Tonto. Uh-huh. Come on, Silver. The first flush of daybreak was coloring the southern sky when the Lone Ranger rode up to the camp of the Rurales. Ho, ho, Silver, ho. Tonto. Buenos dias. Quien estes? An amigo. I wish to see El Capitan. El Capitan is... El Capitan. It's El Composita. Composita. Maskman. I am glad that you know me because I... Why not? Hey, Captain Sanchez. I've been informed of your evil doings. It's well that you give yourself up instead of putting us to the trouble of pursuing you. Oh, I see. Will the captain be so kind as to tell me what crime I'm accused of committing? You stole cattle from the Rancho Dorado. You escaped last night when we thought we had you trapped at the border. Oh, evidently Mr. Butcher thought of everything. What is that you say? Nothing. You've been misinformed, Captain. I'm not a rustler. The man who accuses me is a gunrunner. Gunrunner? He tricked you at the border last night, but I caught him. He's a prisoner at the Diablo Mine. The contraband guns are there with him. Senor Butcher, a prisoner? But no, it cannot be true. Miente, you lie. Come with me and I'll prove the truth of what I say. You will prove it or die. Yeah. Give me your guns. Here they are, Captain. We will go at once to the Ablo Mine. Alto, Hosilva, ho! Abete! Get off your horse. Ready, Silver. Now, where are these guns and this prisoner you speak of? Right over there in the tool shed. Well? Hello. Hello. The gun, senor, and the prisoner. It's quite obvious. Both of them are gone. Very well. You have led me on a fool's errand. Now you are under arrest, El Camparcita. I can't understand what's happened here. My Indian friend is gone and I... But of course, it makes no difference to you. No, the slightest difference, senor. Super de usted. Get on the horse. We return to camp. The Lone Ranger was under military guard and being returned to the Rurales camp. He knew that although the captain was mistaken, it would mean a costly delay. 
The outlaws had evidently turned the tables on Tonto, and his loyal Indian friend's life might even now be in danger. The masked man resolved to escape. His hands were not bound, and the Raleigh captain was riding beside him. It would be a simple matter to seize his guns and urge Silver into a gallop. However, getting away from the soldier's bullets would be more difficult, but he must make the attempt at all costs. It's up to you, Silver. You'll have to run for it and run hard. Oh, uh, Captain. Yes? You notice that cloud of dust to your left? It'll be caused by a man or... Well, well, I, I don't see no dust. I'll I... take my guns back now. Come on, Silver. Come on, boy. Alto! Alto, Dante! Ayazi's guns! Andere! Denmelo! Alto! Alto! Because of the stamina and speed of the great horse Silver, the masked man made a successful escape. The soldiers followed him for several miles, but they were soon outdistanced. All day long, under the broiling sun, the Lone Ranger searched for Tonk. He went back to the mine, the ranch, and even to the little village of Kalita. But nowhere could he find a trail of the Indian or his captors. Then, just as the sun was sinking, and he rode past a broad plain of juniper trees and sagebrush, Silver stopped suddenly. What's wrong, Silver? You want to cut off the trail? All right, fella. One trail's as good as another. Silver. Silver, I see what you mean. It's Scout Tonto's horse. Ditched outside that dobe shack. Wait here for me, boy. Wait here. Time for the showdown. We're riding back to the cantina. Get outside and mount your horses. Remember, Otto and I are right behind you. How about a butcher? Raleigh's ought to have that mask vomit in military prison by now. Let's go over and look at him. <laughs> sure, we might as well. Put your hands up, all of you. It's a mask man. That's just one time you can't. Oh, my hand, my You're arm. You're not hurt. Now listen, all of you freeze. And just where you are now until... Alto! You arrived just in time, Captain. This gang of rustlers and gun runners are your prisoners. El comparsita. The masked one. I'm your prisoner, too. I uh, escaped while under arrest. Oh, no, no. It was I, Capitan Sanchez, who made the horrible mistake. I do not discover it until I return here and consult my superior. I offer a thousand apologies. That isn't necessary, Captain. But I'm sure you and your men can handle these outlaws. Rest assured, it shall be done. And, Tonto, I think our work is over. Ah, here's the way. Buenas noches, El Capitan. Buenas noches, El Comparsita. Come on, Silver. Come on, Scout. El Comparsita, the masked one. The Lone Ranger. Well, Silver, away! 
heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Stay tuned for Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. And now, Martin and Lewis with special guest, Tony Martin. It's the Martin and Lewis Show! The National Broadcasting Company brings you transcribed from New York, the Martin and Lewis Show. Our guest tonight, Tony Martin, and featuring Chloe McMichael, Dick Stabile and his orchestra, and starring Dean Martin. There goes my heart, there goes the one I love. Jerry Lewis. And there goes my heart, the girl I love. What a romance. We met one day across the pool table, and I've been banking on her ever since. Take your girlie to the movies If you can't make love at home There's no little brother there who always squeals You can do an awful lot in seven reels Take your lessons at the movies And have love scenes of your own When the picture's over and you have to leave don't forget to brush the powder off your sleeve. So take your girlie to the movies if you can't make love at home. Take your girlie to the movies if you can't make love at home. Take your girlie to the movies all alone. You should see how they maneuver in the dark. So take your tips from Tyrone Power and have love scenes of your own. Stealing kisses in the dark is just immense. Where can you get half as much for 60 cents? So take your girlie to the movies. If you can't make love at home, hit pops. If you can't make love at home. 
Dean has just received a mysterious phone call from a girl who demanded that he stop using the name Martin. What's more, she said she was coming over to see that he stops immediately. Well, right now, we find Dean and Jerry in their apartment trying to figure it out. Dean, I don't understand this at all. Gee, it's awfully important we keep the name Martin and Lewis. If either of us ever changed our name, it should be me, not you. This girl didn't even mention you. She hated me and me alone. That's the part I can't get over, Dean. A girl hating you. Gee, you're so handsome and dashing and talented. Oh, Jerry. Yes, you are, Dean. You're a good dancer, smooth-looking, a wonderful talker. Gee, you're everything a girl could want. Ah, Jerry, cut it out, huh? Now, Dean, you know I'm right. Why don't you admit it? All right, I admit it. Oh, what a ham. (laughs) Well, I know one thing for sure. I'm not going to throw away three years of building up my name just because a girl tells me to. Of course not, Dean. This whole thing must be some kind of a... Hey, this might be the girl now. Come in. Yes? Hey, where's that schnook singer who calls himself Martin? (laughs) Let her in, Jerry, and we'll see what this is all about. She must be the girl who phoned me. That's right, if you're Dean Martin. Well, I am, but uh, what have you got against me? I'm the hatchet woman for the Tony Martin fan club. (laughs) Hatchet woman for the Tony Martin fan club? Yeah, when anything looks like it would hurt our Tony, I go into action. Here's a medal they gave me for bravery beyond the call of duty. Well, what did you do to earn that? I went into the Paramount balcony single-handed and cleaned out a nest of Mel Torme fans. <laughs> Miss, will you kindly tell me what this is all about? Just this. No other singer is going to use the name of Martin after Tony has made it sacred. Well, wait a minute. If, if Tony doesn't like the idea of two singers using the name of Martin, let him change his. Oh, Tony don't know anything about this. We did this on our own. That's the silliest thing I ever heard in my whole life. Dean, this kid is a big drill-loop. Drill-loop? What's a drill-loop? A drip, but from a very loose faucet. (laughs) Now, look, miss. I don't see why I should change my name just because a bunch of girls thinks I should. Yeah. Dean's just as romantic a singer as Tony is. Go ahead, Dean. Sing her a note. There, wasn't that romantic? Romantic? Sounded like a ham hock going through a disposal unit. <laughs> Look, you don't have to stick to the name of Martin. We even picked out one for you. What is it? Coon Scuttle Flackencoop. <laughs> Coon Scuttle Flackencoop? Well, that, that's a terrible name. Sure. Hey, miss. Yeah? Are you for real? <laughs> Look, you don't scare us. You said Tony didn't know anything about this. All we got to do is go over and talk to him, and he'll make you drop this silly idea. Oh, yeah? Well, we're doing this for Tony's own good, and even he can't stop this. Here, take this. This paper? Well, what is it? I just served you with a court order. We're going to take you to court and restrain you from using the name of Martin. Now, wait a minute. You can't do this. Oh, no? We've done it. So long, coon scuttle. <laughs> Gee, Jay, what a rough character she is. Yeah, she looked like something Lippy DeRosha would say to an umpire. <laughs> hey, Dean, what about that paper she served on you? They can't take your name away from you, can they? I don't know, Jay. This paper really is a court order and legal and everything. But, Dean, if you lose your name, what's going to happen to us? What are they going to put on a marquee at a Paramount Theater in September when we appear in the picture of my friend Irma? Yeah, we've established the name as Martin and Lewis. What do they call us now? Nobody and Lewis? I won't stand for that. I don't take second billing to nobody. 
You know, unless we can talk Tony Martin into stopping that fan club, this might be serious. This might uh, mean the end of our partnership. Oh, no, I'd never desert you, Dean. Once a partnership, always a partnership. But if I couldn't work, I'd be taking 50% of the money for doing nothing. Well, so long, Coon Scuttle. <laughs> now, quit ripping me at a time like this, Jerry. Come on, get your hat. We've got to go over and talk to Tony Martin. Where's Tony working now? Over at the Riviera Club on the Jersey side of the Palisades. Come on. Hey, Dean, if we're to see Tony Martin, why are you stopping in this drugstore? I was so excited I didn't even think of phoning for a reservation. I'd better do it now. Well, look, Jerry, our secretary... Yeah, hiya, Florence. What are you doing here? Well, my doctor gave me a prescription to have filled because I'm underweight. Gee, Mr. Lewis, I wish I knew how you keep yourself built up so well. Jerry? (laughs) Florence, Jerry's built up? Certainly. I'm lovely. I'm engaged. I use Autolite. (laughs) Well, I'd better find something that works. My doctor says I'm way too thin. Oh, Florence, you're thin, but you're not too thin. Oh, yes, I am. Just standing here by the lunch counter, three men came up and hung their hats on me. <laughs> My doctor gave me this new vitamin medicine. It's called Absidef. Let, let's see that bottle. Lawrence, it's not Absidef. It's vitamin A, B, C, D, E, and F. <laughs> oh, come on, Jerry. If I don't phone the Riviera Club for those reservations, we might not get to talk to Tony Martin at all. Tony Martin? <sighs> oh, you like Tony Martin, huh, Florence? Oh, yes. Of course, I started out as a Mel Torme fan until I had some trouble in the Paramount balcony. <laughs> that, that must have been the same girl who just served Dean with a court order. She and her fan club want Dean to change his name. Oh, I'll bet Tony Martin didn't have anything to do with it. He looks like too nice a person. This is pretty strange, Florence. You work for Dean Martin, and yet you like Tony Martin. Well, what difference does that make? Just because a girl works at Macy's is no reason she can't win the shop at Saks. <laughs> should I straighten her out, Dean, or should I let Bondwit tell her? <laughs> let Bondwit tell her. <laughs> Mr. Lewis, you're acting so silly. Have you been into that catnip again? <laughs> No, Florence, you, you don't get the idea. It's a joke. You see, you said just because a girl works at Macy's, it's no reason she can't window shop at Saks. Well, it's all about department stores. Bond would tell her is a department store. But if I said Bond would tell her, that's like Bond would telling you something. But still, that's the store. See? The store, Saks, Macy's, it's all a conglomeration of ways to make up a joke. Oh, I wish I was dead. <laughs> Ah, Jerry, come on. I told you we have to make that phone call to the Riviera. And while Dean and Jerry are heading for the phone booth, another call is being made to the Riviera pertaining to their visit. Hello? I want to talk with Tony Martin. This is Tony Martin. Oh, I hate to call you dressing room this way, but it's very important. This is Annie. I just served a court order on a guy to keep him from using your name. It's that schnook, Dean Martin. You shouldn't have done a thing like that. Dean Martin's a nice guy, and he's got a perfect right to the name Martin. Yeah? You wouldn't talk so nice about him if you knew what he said about you. He said you should change your name from Martin. Oh, he did, huh? 
Just wait till I see him. Thanks for telling me. And that's the cue for my song. Bye, Annie. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Riviera Club. The show opens with one of the great song stylists of our time, Tony Martin. I always say, come see, come sigh. And go my way, come see, come sigh. Since you are gone, nothing excites me. Since you are gone, no one delights me. And I go on, come see, come sigh. Midnight till dawn, come see, come sigh. But should we meet, that would excite me. And if you'd smile, that would delight me. I'd live again to love again, but until then, come see, come Good table, so we could be up close for Tony's number. Wasn't he great? Yeah, darn it. I do envy his position. He sings so good, and he's right up there on the top. Don't you worry, Dean. Uh, pardon me, but the head waiter said you two fellas asked to see me when you came in. Oh, yeah, we did. You probably don't know me, Tony, but I'm also a singer. Really? Yeah, and my name is Martin, too. Uh-huh. Glad to meet you, Coon Scuttle. <laughs> Partner, we got an act. Oh, Coon Scuttle and Cold Scuttle, eh? <laughs> hey, Dean, you better hold me before I lose my head. Oh, quiet, Jerry. You're not gonna lose your head. I will if he hits me. <laughs> well, he's not gonna hit you. Uh, sit down here at our table a minute, won't you, Tony? Sure, thanks. See, I wanted to talk to you. You see, one of your fans came in with our place today and wanted me to change my name from Martin. She even gave me a court order to make me change my name. Well, I, I didn't have anything to do with the court order, but it is a serious point at that. We're both named Martin, and we're both singers. We've both got black, curly hair. I guess we've got plenty to talk about at that. Yeah, we've got plenty to talk about. Where, Where do you, you have, have yours done? done? <laughs> well, personally, I like my hair exactly the way it is. Pointing straight forward. <laughs> it helps me with the girls. Your hair helps you with girls? Sure. I can sneak up on them, and then they think I'm walking away from them. <laughs> well, I can see why you do so well in nightclubs, Tony. I have quite a little respect for your voice. Well, as a crooner, you're not too bad yourself. Oh, I'm not really a crooner, Tony. Not that there's anything wrong with them. I've even heard certain people say they actually enjoy your type of singing. Yes, that's true, I suppose. Un unfortunately, I never heard anyone say that about your type. Thank you, Hedda and Luella. 
Dean, when you come right down to it, you'll have to admit that professionally, the name Martin does sort of belong to me. I've been using it longer. Sure, Tony, but how much longer? Only about 20 or 30 years? (laughs) 20 or 30 years? You're talking to a man of 22, you know. How old are you? Me? Well, I'm 19. (laughs) Well, so long, fellas. Where are you going, Jerry? Home. In exactly half an hour, I'm going to be born. You know, you guys are kind of fresh. After all, I could let that court order go through, you know. Don't you threaten us, Tony Martin. We've been bothered by that silly fan club of yours all day, and now you're starting. Yeah? Yeah, and I'm getting sick of it. Do you hear? Thick, thick, thick. <laughs> well, now, listen, that settles it. I'm going to let that fan club go through with that court order, and we'll see who changes his name. See you guys in court. So long. Tony, wait! That's uh, nah, no use. He's gone. Well, it didn't do much good talking to him. Now we're in real trouble. Don't worry, Dean. We'll fight this thing. They won't take your name away. We'll get a lawyer, and then you'll get on a witness stand, and the lawyer makes a mistake, and he tells you the wrong thing to say, and you get fined for contempt of court, and you get thrown into jail, and Dean... What? I'm going to miss you. (laughs) Oh, quit it, Jerry. Let's get out of here. Oh, just spraying my throat. Me, 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 me. Gee, Dean, this is the day. Today we have to go to court. How can you be happy at a time like this? Who's happy? I just figured the judge might want to hear me sing as part of the evidence. Me, 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 me. Hey, that's not a bad idea, Dean. You can slam with that new number from South Pacific. Maybe you better try it over now, huh? A good idea. Some enchanted evening You may see a stranger You may see a stranger Across a crowded room And somehow you know You know, even then That somewhere you'll see her Again and again Some enchanted evening Someone may be laughing You may hear her laughing across a crowded room. At night after night, a strange attitude. 
the sound of her laughter will sing in your dreams. Who can explain it? Who can tell you why? Fools give you reasons. Wise men never try. Some enchanted evening when you find your true love, when you feel her call you across the crowd. Fly to her side and make her your own. All through your life, you may dream of love. Once you have found her. Never let her go. Once you have found her, never let her go. Quiet. They'll be order in this court as long as I'm presiding. Look, Jerry, there's the judge, but where's our lawyer? Gosh, I don't know. This is awful. Next case, the Tony Martin Fan Club versus Dean Martin. Hmm. Both these men are professional singers. All right. Are the interested parties present? Tony Martin? Here, Your Honor. Dean Martin? Here, Your Honor. I'm here, too, Your Honor. Who are you? I'm the hatchet woman for the Tony Martin Fan Club. Don't make her mad, Judge, or she'll tip over your courtroom. I'm worried The case is called But why doesn't our lawyer show up? Gee, Jerry, you gotta do something Who? Me? You gotta help me out, Jerry There's nobody else You've got to do it I will, I'll do it Good, get up there Your Honor, I am representing Dean Martin Just a minute You're a lawyer? Oh, Your Honor when an ipso facto comes up in the presence of a habeas corpus, it is the duty of every man to state his feelings when and even though one man's opinion might be wrong, feeling the case out. Naturally. Even though one may not consider that, I may add that standing alone firmly on the case, whatever cause may be right or wrong, I must say, I rest my case. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> All right, I'm ready to hear the testimony. I object. <laughs> to what? I don't know, but it sure shows you that I'm on the ball. <laughs> Say, Jerry. What? Did Whitaker Chambers ever hide any papers inside your head? <laughs> quiet, quiet. Now, uh, what's this case all about? Well, Your Honor, this case is very simple. You see, Tony Martin's fans want Dean to give up the name of Martin. Sure, because our Tony had the name first. And besides, he's entitled to it because he's much more romantic. 
the radio. <laughs> yeah, and when Tony sings Ghost Riders in the Sky, they all get on their brooms and take off. <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, I think it's pretty obvious that Dean's more romantic than Tony. Listen, being romantic hasn't anything to do with his case. The question is, which of these men has the right to use the name Mark? Judge, I have an idea. Since they're both singers, I suggest that you listen to both of them sing and then decide. That is, if Tony Martin isn't afraid to sing in competition. Afraid? Me? Ha! I'm not afraid. Ha! Well, it's a cinch. Ha! I'm not afraid either. Ha! 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 Well, it's a little unusual, but go ahead. The plaintiff, Tony Martin, first. Okay, Your Honor. For every man there's a woman For every life there's a plan You know, if that's true, for every man there's a woman There must be a man somewhere waiting for me You? I wouldn't introduce you to a green schmoo <laughs> All right, let's hear from the defendant, Dean Mark Yes, Your Honor Why, Gee, Dean, what intoxicating, sensuous singing. You sure knew what you were doing this morning when you sprayed your throat with that taboo. <laughs> I can't come to any decision when you're singing different songs. Why don't you both try the same song? I know just the one, Dean. Anything you can do, I can do better. Okay, you start it off, Dean. Well, fine. Alrighty. I'm superior. You're inferior. I'm the big attraction. You're the small. I'm the major one. You're the minor one. I, I can, can beat you singing. That's not all. <laughs> anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Are we running over? You're cheating. <laughs> well, anything you can be, I can be greater. I don't think so. Sooner or later, I'm greater than you. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I can shoot a partridge with a single cartridge. Well, I can get a sparrow with a bow and arrow. I can live on bread and cheese. And only that? Yes. Talking a rat. <laughs> anything you can sing, I can sing louder. I can sing anything louder than you. No, you can. Yes, I can. No, you can. Yes, I can. No, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Ends you. Well, any note you can hold, I can hold longer. I can hold any note longer than you. No, you can't. <laughs> yes, I can. 
No, you can't. Yes, I can. Can't. Can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Well, Judge, you've heard Dean and Tony sing. What's your decision? Well, I can't tell much difference in the quality of their singing, but uh, since Tony Martin was a singer first, I'm inclined to think he's entitled to the name. Gee, Jerry, we lost. However, there's only one thing. What name is Dean Martin going to use now? He can't go around using someone else's name. Your Honor, our fan club picked out a name for him. Coon Scuttle Black and Coop. <laughs> Isn't it right? <laughs> Coon Scuttle Black and Coop. The court rules in favor of Dean Martin. Case dismissed. Hey, Judge, I don't know what made you change your mind, but I'm very grateful. Yeah, we sure want to thank you, Judge. Uh, Judge, uh, I don't believe we got your name. My name happens to be Coon Scuttle Flackenkoo. <laughs> well, Dean, congratulations. There's plenty of room in the singing business for two Martins. Oh, thank you, Tony, and uh, thanks again for coming over and kidding around with us. It was a lot of fun and a great joy to me. Good night, fellas. Good night, Tony. See you next week, folks. Bye. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Red Skelton, followed by The Saint. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.